Welcome to an NPL Sunday special powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Still loosens the cowbox and from close range, Jeremy Stewart strikes first for Morton Bay. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. Yeah, wars will start over this. And James Coglin, for once. Lofted ball towards the back post is headed in by Walters. And another set piece could put Morton Bay into the round of 32 for the Australia Cup. This Friday special recapping all the Australia Cup qualifying action starts now. Is that the final chance for Gold Coast? It is. And six years after their initial foray, the Jets soar into the Australia Cup national round of 32. Elation in Morton Bay. Welcome to a special Friday's Nelly Brisbane Football Review and Australia Cup special. It's Scott, James and Adam with you. Adam, how are you? I'm good. Thank God it's Friday and we've got the whole band back together for uh, this uh, Friday night special. I've never been happier for it to be a Friday afternoon. James, how are you? I've got to admit, Scott, I'm a little confused. It's a Friday afternoon night, which is typically the start of the weekend. So I'm guessing this falls under your hosting domain rather than mine. Yeah, I believe you put it in stipulation. Anything after 5 p.m. Friday, you said absolutely not, was um the PC version of what I believe you said. It was <laughs> midday Friday and pretty much, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the Brisbane Football Review. You can always get in contact with us on our social media platforms or our email, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. We'll go through the three played round seven Australia Cup ties, starting with the game which you called James for football, Quentin and Adam was in attendance at, at Walter Park and the Mayor of Moreton Bay was very happy as his side picked up a 2-1 win over Gold Coast United. They are through to the round of 32. Jeremy Stewart and Marcus Walters on the score sheet for, for Moreton Bay gave, gave the home side a 2-0 lead. Ma- Mitch Nichols with a 91st minute goal to give Gold Coast some hope, James. But in the end, the home side got the job done. They did and uh, Adam got plenty of FaceTime on the live stream <laughs> as well with his prime <laughs> position on halfway. But it was a game of set pieces in the end. Both sides had their chances. Uh, Matt Lugo and Carlos Saliadare had some spectacular saves at both ends. But um, that six-minute strike from Jeremy Stewart and Marquez Walters, with, I want to say, about 20 minutes to go, that was enough for Morton Bay to get into the round of 32 for the second time in their history. And I've got to be honest, it was a thoroughly deserved effort uh, from them as well because they've had a really tough run through the qualifying. I'd say first time since 2017 for Morton Bay, and they've done quite well, Adam. Oh, they have. Uh, it, it has been one of the tougher runs. I think some of the other clubs would say that they've, uh, they've pretty much sort of had the easier path. But, um, look, uh, it's just proof uh, that Morton Bay, they are for real this season. And uh, this is a tough game. Um, look, credit to Gold Coast United. Obviously, the set pieces uh, across the board is what, uh, what sort of brought the goals. But... But yeah, look, uh, this was fairly even throughout, and uh, despite you now Morton Bay sort of getting out early and dominating, Gold Coast United, I just think they just like that that clear cut finishing. I think that's probably what they'll rue because uh, it, it was a consolation goal of sorts for uh, Mitch Nichols in second half stoppage time. But uh, certainly uh, they, certainly yeah, Morton Bay, they they were good for most of it. Absolutely. And we saw this a couple of times now for Gold Coast United, James. They've been in the games for the last couple of them. They've been in the contest, but they haven't quite been able to capitalise in the front third. So it sounds like, once again, the, the front third is a slight concern at the moment for Grey Pittick and Gold Coast. It is, but for me, it actually starts a little bit deeper than the front third, where their midfield metronome, Seb Scaroni, he wasn't involved uh, last um, 
two nights ago, beg your pardon, or uh, Liam Golding, the central defender as well. And it just sort of felt like that maybe had their build-up play a little bit more scattered, uh, losing those two key figures that they've got in that spine of the team. And look, Tapaldo, he's a quality striker on his day. I don't think there's any major questions about what he's capable of, but it just seemed like every time they tried to put in that cross to the right area, he'd gone near post, the cross had gone back post, and it just wasn't their night. They couldn't get it to fall. I've seen, go ahead, Adam, because we've seen Gold Coast three times now in the last couple of weeks, and it sounds like it's very similar to what we've seen previously. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that that's two two um, players that were missing, uh, Seb Scaroni and Liam Goulding, that seemed to be very noticeable. They also missed the game against um, against Brisbane Raw in, in the MPL uh, on Sunday, and we thought maybe they were being rested, but obviously um, there might be something sort of a little bit more... Um, where, where they're they're not uh, they're not playing at the moment. That that sort of seems to have a marked sort of impact on on uh, Gold Coast United's play because obviously those two players in Gold Coast were were pretty much unbeatable. So so I think that they're two big losses at the wrong time of the season. I guess against Morton Bay as well. Sort of just trying trying to cross and hope. Morton Bay is probably not the, the best side to try and do that against. They're obviously very, very strong defensively in the air with um, with Declan Smith and uh, Matt Richardson and uh, as well uh, Reese Gwynn Jones, who are you know they're they're three big boys. So uh, I think that uh, it's sort of crossing while while playing to their strengths. Uh, it's also sort of plays to uh, Morton Bay's defensive strength. And on that as well, like it's just forcing those changes through the Gold Coast side as well. It moves Nick Cowburn who have been an ever-present threat down that uh, left flank as a fullback. He's now playing centrally for Gold Coast. And I no complaints about his performance on Wednesday night, but it is just that extra change that they've got to make there to try and accommodate those absences as well. And it it just didn't work for them on the night. So Nick Cowboy, a very experienced player, isn't he, in terms of he's got alien experience as well, hasn't he? Yeah, and I just remember the other stat that I was going to make as well. So Stewart's uh, goal, that was the first uh, one in Australia Cup qualifying that Gold Coast had conceded. And I think where the, where their results are starting to uh, fall off in the last couple of weeks, it's because they've been so reliant on a defence that has been ridiculously, almost you know, impractically stingy. They're just maybe losing that little bit of cohesion at the back. And you're just sort of seeing you know, they're not always going to be able to score two goals every game. Uh, and that's putting them a little bit behind the eight ball. And I guess the um, the, yeah, Liam Goulding not being there, and and I'm um, who who came with the left back sorry, not being. I guess those players not being there is probably having an impact on that stingy defence, as you call it, James. So just having to reshuffle things. Yeah, and they've still got plenty of experience in that midfield. I mean, Connor Smith, Mitch Nichols, and Justin Mackay is as good of a trio as you'll find in the centre of the park. But they're all probably a bit more forward-minded players and. Scaroni just gave them that sweeper that I think back to, you know, the likes of Eric Pardaloo playing that sort of role for the Brisbane Roar and that sort of sit back and just mop up to allow the uh, fullbacks to push further forward. That's been the big difference. Absolutely. And um, just one last thing on this game before we hear from the head coach of Mount Bay, Cam Miller. This is the second time these two sides have played this year. Two really tight contests between the two of them. This one, the first one went the way of Gold Coast. This one went the way of Morton Bay. You can both answer this question. Do you think anything you can take out of this game that could indicate that maybe this, it could have a real impact on both sides' fortunes for the um, run-in towards the end of the season? 
Look, I, I personally think it, it's tied up with home field advantage. I think that any time that Morton Bay are at home against uh, Gold Coast United, they will start favourites, as as opposed to as well that uh, any time that this game's at Coplex, uh, it, I, I believe Gold Coast United are favourites. So these are two sides that are built very, very much the same way. And look, it came down to what, uh, as, as you said at the top of the um, summation, uh, set pieces what and and you know executing off those set pieces is what won won this game ultimately. So look, I think these, these sides are very very close. If it's set, second v third, I think the big the biggest thing will be who can grab second spot, and that's assuming that you know Gold Coast Knights don't go don't go and run away where they just do run away, then they don't drop back to the pack. And also as well, you've got Brisbane City and Lions on the tail. So certainly. Um, at the moment, it's, this this will be uh, one of the semi-finals, which would be uh, a Gold Coast United home field. But look, still with still ten rounds to go this season, I still think it's. it's well, I mean, sorry, eight rounds to go plus plus this week, um, this weekend coming up. I think it's anyone's game, and I think uh, if these two teams meet, home field is going to be critical. Well, we will get to see them uh, play again July eighth. I think is uh, their next scheduled meeting in the NPL, and it's at Waltz Park as well. There you go. So we know Adam will be there. It's going for me. Like, I don't take too much out of a one-off cup match as well because like, Gold Coast did maybe come a little bit more out of their shell uh, as the game went on, knowing that it didn't really matter if they lost 1-0, 2-0, 3-0. 3-0. But it does sort of continue a bit of a worrying trend for United where they've now lost three in a row in all competitions, if my numbers are correct. So, And that defense does need shoring up. However... If they go into that next match with the likes of Scaroni and uh, Golding there and Calburn is able to move over to left back and Hunter is able to return to that super sub fullback role, then that probably should set up Gold Coast to to be a lot stronger. Um, Before uh, we hear from Cameron Miller as well, I do just want to give a special mention to Naoki Maeda. He was phenomenal all over the field as well. I had no idea what position he was actually playing most of the time because I think it was a left wing back, centre mid, right wing back, right wing. Just wherever he was needed, he seemed to pop up in attack and defence. And for me, he was player of the match. His his com- I was going to say his combination with Chris Ma as well that really locks down uh, Morton Bay. Obviously, you got you got the big three, you got the big three tall lads at the back. But yeah, Maeda coming out of attack as well. He is so he's such an impressive player. I think he's one that's really sort of you know I doesn't doesn't get the plaudits he deserves because of the position he plays. But uh, look, he he is a very very good player. And that combination with Chris Ma uh, that, that make that makes uh, Morton Bay, which in the past seasons is what really has actually been, you know, I've been their Achilles' heel as far as you know, against the top teams is the defence. I think he's a perfect complement of that. Obviously, there's no question he's had a huge impact on that Morton Bay side. And just for the record, Morton Bay are now unbeaten in six games at home at Waltz Park. So they can make it seven later in the season in July, as James pointed out. Now, after the game, Adam was at Waltz Park. He caught up with the head coach of Morton Bay, no Cam Miller. That's all he had to say after his side progressed to the round of 32 for the second time. We'll be back right after this. I'm joined by a understandably happy uh, Morton Bay United head coach, Cam Miller. Cam, firstly, congratulations on the win. Just a little bit of trivia before we get into the interview proper. Last time Morton Bay reached the round of 32, yourself, good self, actually scored a goal in that um, in that, uh, that round 32 game at Olympic. And also as well, uh, your captain, Declan Smith, scored the fourth goal. Obviously, you didn't want to go through um, extra time this time. How does it feel to be back on the national stage? Oh, it's fantastic. Look, really, really happy for the players. It means it means a lot to them, obviously. And, um, yeah, really happy for them. 
obviously, uh, two goals. Uh, Jeremy Stewart, he's been in absolute uh, red-hot form in front. Obviously, him and supporting Marquez Walters, who also got on the score, should say, how much does it mean to see them um, stand up and perform in, in the big stage? Yeah, exactly right. Jez and, and Kez to score the goals tonight is huge for us. And, you know, we knew tonight was going to come down to fine margins. And, it, you know, it ultimately come down to, to set pieces that, uh, you know, where the goals come from. And Jez and Kez pop up at key moments. Yeah, really, really proud of them. Obviously, as well, defensively, uh, for pretty much for 90 minutes, you held firm before a late goal from uh, Mitch Nichols. Are you proud of the performance of the defenders, especially uh, Declan, Declan Smith, Reese Gwynn Jones, and. And I'm trying to think who the third defender is. Um, and, uh, Matt but, Richardson. I'm sorry, I mean, Matt oh, yeah, Richardson, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, yeah, of course. You know, we, we, we knew we were going to have to defend for long periods, especially second half being one up at half time. And, you know, Gold Coast, when they get the ball to the front third, are very effective. They got, you know, they good combination play in the wide areas. When they deliver into the box, they're a massive threat. Off the restarts, the corners and free kicks, they're a threat. So we knew we were going to have to stand up tall tonight. And the three boys at the back, plus, the, you know, the sixes in front of them and the wing backs when they collapse, really, really big effort. So, yeah, fantastic. Obviously now with uh, with your ticket punch to the round 32, uh, standard question we always ask this time of year to the coaches. Uh, what what would, would you prefer coming out of the draw on uh, Wednesday 20th of June? I think firstly a home game would be massive for us um, and something I'd love for you know the whole club, the club community to be a part of. You see tonight all the kids here and it's a you know, it's so big for them. So a home game, firstly, would be fantastic. From there, we, you know, for me personally, want to play against the best team. So if we can draw an A-League team, fantastic. You know, if not, a, you know, an NPL team from down south would be great. Um, but, you know, it's luck of the draw. Whoever it is, we'll, we'll have a crack. Usually the players uh, choose a trip to uh, Darwin or uh, or even Goulburn in the hat this year. So either way, uh, congratulations on um, your victory tonight and through through to another semi-final. Obviously, you've got uh, a busy season as well, still in the Kappa Pro Series draw. So congratulations on all you've achieved so far this season. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate the support, mate. Thank you. Thank you there to Cam talking to Adam after the game. Adam, just quickly, any other notes from Walter Park that you picked up on, on Tuesday night? Uh, not not really. I think obviously as well, everyone is obviously deservedly very, very happy uh, with, with uh, that. And uh, we'll, we'll see now uh, on uh, on the 28th of June where they end up. Uh, interesting that uh, that Cam would, would rather have a home game, whereas I think most of the players, as they generally do, want would want an away trip. So, look, I think that's, that's, all, that's going to be a fun time and a fun, and a fun you know, at least uh, round of 32 coming up. For, for uh, Morton Bay. So just before we let you go, James, I mean, that seems to be the trend, doesn't it? The coaches always want the home tie to give the best chance of getting through. The players want their way through. So that's basically the way it is across the board. It seems that way. And I don't want to speak for you two, but I want a home tie for every Queensland club because I love going oh, out to those <laughs> Cup games. Especially for Adam, because he will just have to hop the fence to get over to Walter Park. <laughs> yes, Adam's going to have to do some, some swift work to make sure Walter Park's up to standard for these games. Yes, and uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing Morton Bay uh, tomorrow night as we're recording as well, because I'll be on commentary for their game against Gold Coast Knights in the NPL. I just had to get that plug in. Yes, and as always, we recommend the mute button for games that are commentated by James on the Football <laughs> Queensland platforms, but it will be a fantastic game. James, thanks for joining us once again on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. I'm going to have to go be a dad now, so enjoy the rest of the show. You too. Thanks very much. Okay, so that's that's that was James there, Adam talking to us with the um game that he called from Walter Park on on Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday. I, this oh, Wednesday, week's Wednesday, Wednesday. It's going to be such a crazy week for me. Too. I've completely lost track of days. So that was the first game on Wednesday. The other game on Wednesday night was at Leishon Park between 
FQPL fives, Yoronga Eagles, and MPL Queensland's Peninsula Power. And it was a it was a really tight game this for the majority of the game. Yoronga Eagles really sat in at it and they made it tough for Peninsula Power. In the end, it was a two 0 win. Goals from Malachi Love Smear and Dylan Newcomb very late on in the piece in the 80th minute and about the 93rd minute in the end gave Peninsula Power the win. They really had to work for it. They had a lot of the ball, but they had to really work hard to find a way through. We, so we said it in the lead-up to this game that whatever Yoronga did, they, they should be proud of themselves. But to hold uh, the two-time Premier's Peninsula Power uh, to 80 minutes, and irrespective of who was on the pitch, you know, obviously everyone expected Peninsula Power to go there and sort of, you know, when, 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 you, when there's uh, six tiers between the two clubs, you expect it to be one side. But the fact that they stayed in it for 80 minutes... Um, I, I did. I did hear that there was a standing ovation for the team by their home fans at Leishon Park, and they deserve every bit of it. And they should be very proud as a club, you know, to 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 get the stage, stage. Because I said, you know, it would have been a fairy tale, but look, ultimate, ultimately, potential power. They had to find, you know, find a find a way through, and they did. Uh, a player that has starred on the national stage in uh, Malachi Lopsamira and a young player who's just starting out in Dylan Newcomb. So I don't think you can get more diverse as far as, you know, who contributed for Peninsula Power. But, uh, yeah, the story is is that, you know, Yoronga, Yoronga they, they, they fought and fought as hard as they might. And I think at the end of the day, I, I guess that Peninsula Power being a MPL club, Fitness is always going to be a a factor, and uh, at the end, yeah, they, they held on as long as they did before they finally cracked. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're wrong. It just seemed to run out of legs in that last 20 minutes, so a lot of players cramping up, and unfortunately, that seemed to get better. They certainly did get a standing ovation from a very good crowd, actually, at a very cool Leishon Park. It was very, very cold out there in Yoronga on Wednesday evening, but they got a very good round of applause, and Pinch Pad joined that as well. It was a, it was a great occasion. I'm sure for the, the Yoronga players, it would have been a fairy tale to get to the national rounds, but even to get to round seven from where they were a couple of years ago, not even in the pyramid to get this far this early is a fantastic achievement. Something that gives them confidence, perhaps that they can not only climb the leagues, but perhaps they can get back here and go one step further. Well, this is their second season, I do believe, as a uh, FQPL club. Uh, they they came through Q League um, as part of the El Salvador club uh, there down at uh, Yoronga, which ironically is uh, the, their Leishon Park is opposite to where we will be tonight uh, at at Goodwin Park. So they they so they, they certainly uh, can physically can see MPL football, but they, they lead they lead FQPL five at the moment. So so yeah, so I, I certainly think they're a team on the rise. And from what you, you told me it's because you were there, uh the facilities at Leishon Park are actually not too bad for a quote six tier um six tier club. They are a little basic, but it's nowhere near as bad as what you would think. It's the field quality is absolutely fantastic and the facility is great. There's also absolutely fantastic local local food on display. I recommend you love your local football eating Adam. I recommend you getting down to Leishon Park at some point and sampling that. But with as for potential is it power, look, tonight? <laughs> uh, they've uh, probably not given they played on Wednesday, but we'll have to maybe they, maybe maybe in a couple of weeks you can get down to Leishon Park and sample it. But with potential power, it was a case of they had to get through this game, didn't they? They were there in the quarterfinals last year. We know how much it meant to them getting that far and then the slight disappointment of not being able to capitalise on the home game against Sydney United to get through to the last four. It seemed like that really drove them through this qualifying campaign as well as the fact that the league season might not have gone the way they wanted. For them to get back to this round of 32, it seems like it was a very clear goal and they've managed to find their way through despite the tricky tricky circumstances that they've had because they've had a lot of unfamiliar opponents along the way. 
Yeah, I, I think for, for financial power, I think it's important that, yeah, as you said, that while it's not their league campaign's not dead and buried just yet, and they're certainly not in a position where they can they can have uh, too much margin for error. So giving them um, a cup tie and and I, I think I think that you now they'll give themselves a chance against almost anyone, especially up, up here up here in Brisbane as well. So so I think I think it's good for the, the group. Uh, they, they still are undefeated uh, since Aaron Phil took over. So that, that's sort of an achievement, achievement in itself. And while you could say, yeah, it took them 80 minutes to break down um, a FQPL five club, uh, look at the end of the day, they got the job done, and that's that's. And cup football is not always about you know winning and winning impressively. It it can be gritty and and it actually bodes well that you know potential power can still stick to the fight and not not get frustrated and start you know really sort of opening up uh, because obviously they are going to fight. They're going to face much tougher opponents. So they have that mentality of look, you just try and try and try until you succeed, even against a. A, a club that's uh, six tiers below them, I still think that's, that shows a good sign. And, and yeah, I think uh, potentially if they get, if the draw opens up for them in the Australia Cup round of 32, you know, who knows how far they can get, especially if it's all home ties like they did uh, they did last season. Absolutely. Well, they certainly made advantage of home ties last year. And they had basically, they were at home every single round of the Cup, I believe, right through to the quarterfinals. And they took full advantage of that. This is the fourth time that Peninsula Power have been to the national round of 32, as well as 2017. 2021-2022, so three straight appearances now for Peninsula Power. They're certainly becoming regulars at this at this level, and maybe that, that experience they've got could stand them in good stead as they push through to the national rounds. So, well, it's Melton Bay's second appearance and first time since 2017, so a long time between drinks at Walter Park, but they're through for the second time. Peninsula Power for the fourth, and maybe that experience will stand them in good stead. Oh, absolutely. I think that uh, they 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 understand what. What, what to expect at that level and not and not to sort of they can pretty much sort of you know no matter who they get be it an a-league club or a a uh, an interstate MPL club they they know they know what to expect on you know, on a cup night I think that their experience is is always uh, you know, sometimes it always is better than you know going for the first time and you now having the lot especially having sort of the light the uh, eyes all you know lit up and bleary you know you know about being in that competition they they are now veterans of uh of, of this uh, of this tournament, and uh, I think they expect themselves to go well. Absolutely. We'll, we'll hear from our Director of Football, Ben Ryan, now. We actually spoke about whether the players would prefer a home tie or an away tie. They're very strong in their opinion. We'll hear their thoughts on that, as well as the game in general from Ben Ryan, and we'll be back right after this. I'm talking about the Director of Football, Ben Ryan. Ben, through to the Australia Cup for the fourth time. It made, it made you work for you 2-0 against you. What were your thoughts on the side's performance? It was a tight game for a long time, and once you got the way through, it was... In the end, it was pretty comfortable. Yeah, I think, um, look, they made it really difficult for us and uh, got behind the ball and, uh, yeah, they were very well organised. I think we, we probably could have been a little bit better, but you've got to give them credit, you know. I think they've, uh, they've come with a plan and they've executed it really, really well. And, uh, yeah, just thankful that we got over the line at the end there. You're right, they were very defensively compact, weren't they? Do you know what to expect from Younger at all in terms of what you'd seen from them or were they a completely unknown prospect for you? Yeah, look, me and me and Dan have, have been to watch them a couple of times, so we knew that they had players that could hurt us if we didn't close them down or if we if we let them. But um, yeah, they're, look, they're a good side. They're, they're certainly not QPL five standard, so we knew it was going to be harder than what what everyone expected it to be. And at the end of the day, our our mission was to get in the the hat for the next round, and that's what we've done. So it does seem like they're going to go through the leagues is the way they're going. But in terms of the message at halftime, it was very dominant from you was the message just to be patient just to yes. keep calm and let the game come to you 
yeah I felt as if there was a little bit of panic from you know the sideline and you know that reflects on the on the field but um, we just I said look stay patient keep doing what you're doing keep you know keep getting wide and it'll come it'll come and look it came a little bit later than I wanted it to <laughs> but I think we had a few good chances the far end of the field obviously we couldn't see but you know on another day we maybe get two or three of them but not to be and in the end you know 2-0 will take that Two and two nils enough. This finally this is the fourth time you've been to the national round of 32 in the Australia Cup. Last year you did so well getting to the quarterfinals. Did that kind of drive the team on this year in the cup run that they did so well last year. Got a real taste of it now. You want to go back and do it again? Is that something that was spoken about or just unspoken? Well, look, we're not going to win the league this year, so <laughs> I think uh, if we can have a if we can have a really good cup run and and see where it takes us. But uh, I think we just want we want an away draw this time. Like we've had five home draws in a row in the in the national round, so. Be nice to uh, to get an away tie as long as it's not like one of the teams in our own league, you know. So yeah, we'll see where we go. Hopefully, we'll see what we get. Great test and good luck in the next cool. round. Ta. And thank you there to Ben Ryan for talking to us up at Leishon Park on Wednesday night. There, Adam, unsurprisingly, once again, the players preferring an away tie. Who would have thought? Yeah, I think we've got to start asking that question because I think we know the answer. hasn't The answer hasn't changed in five years. So that's one question we always, without fail, ask the coaches uh, in either. In after the round seven win or in a preview to to the cup is that we always ask that question. I think it's a unanimously the same answer the whole time. So I think we might have to get a bit more creative with our uh, with our, our questioning. We'll see what we can do for next year. Well, it seems like every team, the Queensland teams always want to go down south for some reason in the middle of winter. They want to come up here and play in the slightly warmer weather. So at the moment, the Queensland teams are benefiting from that, but I don't know why you would want to go down to Victoria, but that's just me. Well, I, I do think there's probably 31 other teams that probably want the trip to Darwin. So I think that that seems to be the popular, the popular choice. So pressure on um, the two Northern Territory sides that I think they they play next weekend. I think for that that coveted spot uh, up and down. And they always seem to as well, with the exception of one season, always seem to draw da, uh, the home game in Darwin. There's one other spot in the round of 32 which will be very very popular regardless of who gets it. We'll get to that. In a moment. First, we'll get to the third game, which has been played here in Southeast Queensland. This was on Tuesday night, Adam. I believe it was Tuesday night. Yeah, it was at the Cleveland Showgrounds between Redlands United and Lions. I see the fourth time these sides have met this year. And once again, it's another really, really tight contest between the two sides. It was a 2 1 win for Lions. And then a great goal from Jack Skinner gave Redlands the lead in the first half before a second half brace from Andy Pengelly and then Ivan Aussie gave the Lions a 2 1 win to send them through. They found a way in the end, Lions. It wasn't convincing, but they just did what they had to do. Yeah, this is a um, this is a very very good game. Very very similar to Morton Bay and Gold Coast on Wednesday. That it was very tight. Opportunities were a premium. Now, I do think that uh, that Redlands, I think, uh, would feel a little bit uh, disappointed that they couldn't really put uh, lines to the sword because they were clearly the better team in the first half. Uh, Redlands and then, uh, but uh, look, good sides always find a way, especially a player like uh, Andy Pangeli, give him an opportunity, and he took it and levelled up. And so happy for um, Ivan Aussie to get the, the get the uh, winning goal. I think that that will do that young player's confidence a world of good. He's he's been very very good this season. His first season in senior football after after having a very very strong sort of you know, presence in the under twenty three system. And to see it convert into being uh, a, you know, a a top a top starting player almost in um, in Darren Symes' uh, you know, senior team, I think that uh, yeah, I think he'll only go from there, especially being in such an important goal. It's another one off the famed Lions production 
line out there at Richland. And it was great to see him get that goal, you're right, because he's been one of their absolute standouts this year to me on that left-hand side, filling the hole that perhaps Alex Fechner left. He's done a fan, not, not, not scoring the same number of goals, but he's done an outstanding job out there in that role in Darren Simes' system. Yeah, look, and that's the thing. So it's, again, Alex Fechner, it's not... To, to be honest, like, he, his remarkable form wasn't something that we were all shocked by. He, he'd been, he's been an NPL player for a long, to, for a long time before that. And, uh, yeah, and he finally sort of, you know, ha, had a career season. So, Ivan Ozzy, this is, this is only his first season. So, if we're even drawing comparisons to him now, like, I'd be excited to see what he could become in a few years' time. But uh, on the Redland side of things, um, yeah, look... Again, I, 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 re- I really sort of yeah, I think that uh, yeah, Redlands they they are a quality side and they're showing it. That I think they that they've proven time and time again that despite you know the predictions that you know they'll probably be head down. Uh, Daniel Varma has got them playing you know really really well. And I thought what was actually most was actually the most stark, stark thing come out is um is uh, Dr. Dan's honesty uh, you know in the morning after saying that you know that that, that the club rightly disappointed. They let the opportunity slip, but they obviously they'll, they, it will, it will obviously as well, um, you know, give them resolve, and, and it starts tonight against Rochdale. So I think that uh, yeah, they. Whereas I think in the past, I think with with Redlands, I think their mentality would be, oh, we're happy to be here, you know, especially in the last few years since that since that golden um, age in 2017-18. I think they would just would have been happy to be there, but I think un, under Dr. Dan, I think they are. Um, I think there's a lot more to them, and I'd be, I'd be very, very interested to see you know how they sort of react coming out of this loss and where they can really push forward because they they still in technically are in calculations for finals football. They are. They almost channeled the spirits of their twenty, their famous 2016 cup run, didn't they? They got the goal up against Lions in this game, and it looked like for a while they were going to be able to go on. They were certainly in the first half the dominant side. It was a, it was a, turn, a bit of a stark turnaround in the second half, but in the first half Redlands they got one goal and they got a second. Maybe they could have put the game away. It was certainly a really good performance from them once again against the defending NPL premiers. Well, in the in the corresponding league game, uh, eleven days earlier, uh, Redlands did get the uh, get the two goal cushion. And it took it took until late for Lions to run run them down to get a draw. So I think yeah, they're two. If they had gotten two nil up, I think that would have been very very hard to run down. But to look, Jack Skinner. Off, off the right wing, he was he was superb, and he's he's been a revelation since he's been starting. And uh, and looking also as well, Dylan Brent on that on that right side, he is he is such a good. Uh, he's probably probably the, one of the form uh, fullbacks in the league at the moment. Absolutely. And just quickly, we won't talk too much about this because we'll talk about the, not the game to, on Sunday on the Sunday show. But it was a really important bounce back for Lions ahead of the Classico on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah, the, the, after the loss to Sunshine Coast Wanderers. Uh, yeah, you know, they they did need they did need something uh, sort of to to hang their hat on, and like I said, they they would have gone in there. The pressure would have been on because I think most people expected them to to qualify and to to have a, have a fight to get there. Uh, it, it, certainly, I think that might might do more uh, good good rather than uh, sort of bad, especially going in a tough game against Brisbane City, who are um, who obviously are, are in front of them on the on the table and occupying that fourth spot. Absolutely. So that, that is Lions' fourth appearance in the National Round of 32, 2015, 2018, and 2021. Missed out last year. They're back in this year. And just quickly, Adam, there's one more spot to come from the um, other game, which we'll get to. But Lions, Moreton Bay, and and, um, and Potential Power, three really good sides in this competition who are very strong and got ex- either strong right now or have experience in the Cup, along with the Raw, who did well last year. It's looking like a very strong contingent from Queensland once again this year. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, that the, the teams that have sort of no doubt sort of shown form um, you know, are going to be representing Queensland this year. Raw, now, look, we'll that's, a, that's a completely different um, story for another time as far as, as far as what they can do. Obviously, they're, they're obviously in, in off-season at the moment, so how, how much how much they strengthen up, what sort of side that Ross Alawitsi will have at his disposal for uh, the round of 32, that, that's anyone's gets at the moment. Uh, but uh, but yeah, look, I think that uh, obviously it's always it's always a hard line to draw about where the Queensland teams where they're at compared to some of the uh, you know the others you know strong states as well. But uh, what, what's very noticeable is that unless there's a there's an upset up in Cairns uh, next weekend, uh, it, at least uh, like I said, it will be four top tier sides where. We're seeing in other um, states there's at least one uh, lower tier side that has qualified in uh, in both New South Wales and Victoria. There has been some very interesting results in the Southern States, no about And don't write off Edge Hill in that game either, which we'll talk about right no. now. The fourth and final, the fourth and final member federation qualifier out of Queensland will come from Edge Hill United and Gold Coast Knights. Edge Hill, you know, they are the Northern Region winners for this year. Although for the first time they don't get the automatic spot, they will have to play off against a team from. Southeast Queensland, and they've drawn the short straw against the NPL-leading Gold Coast. That game we played next Sunday, the 25th of June at Tiger Park in Cairns, and Edge Hill are aiming for their second spot in the National Round 32, and they got there in 2021, where they did play against Gold Coast Knights, ironically, who are aiming for their third appearance after 2018 and 2021. They've only played once previously, as you can imagine. That was a 2-0 win for Gold Coast. The late goals from Jason McQuarthy and Dante Mariner, they left it very late that night, Gold Coast. I, I don't think this going to be too much different, Adam. I mean, Edge Hill's a really good side up there. They've certainly got a lot of pedigree. They find themselves in these positions late in the cup often, and they're very successful. They're used to big games. I don't think this is going to be an easy game for Gold Coast. But any shots to imagine, I imagine that 2-0 result would be pretty indicative of the fact that this will be another close game once again. Yeah, like I said, yeah. Other than sort of, yeah, the re- regional versus SEQ sort of battle, where usually you think that uh, that the SEQ team, you know, will start heavy favourites. Um, the Gold Coast Knights, while their form suggests that they should go up and do the job, um, the travel travelling up there and yeah, you know, and 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 then if complacency sort of you know slips in, they they can be a real mix for disaster. And um, and look, Edge Hill as well. It, Unlike the game back in 2021, this is not at neutral Barlow Park, you know, which is sort of a bigger, you know, much less. So this is at Tiger Park up up at Edge Hill, who, uh, and like I said, at, at their sort of true home. Uh, this just gives them, a, a, you know, I guess, as good an opportunity, especially 2 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Um, the fi- fixturing also as well, uh, depending on the conditions. Uh, that, that'll be, it'll be a nice warm game, I, I'd suggest. Uh, it, well, does it ever get cold in Cairns? I don't think so. So for the locals, uh, trust me, it does. It sounds ridiculous to people everywhere else in the country, but for locals, it does get cold when it gets to about 20 degrees. Oh, I still think it'll be, it'll be hotter than that. But, uh, it it will be warmer than degrees. that, but I'm just saying for locals up there, trust me, they do yeah. feel the cold. Oh, no. Hey, we we can play we can play at fifteen degree days and then the Victorian expats love it. So uh, I guess it, it comes with the territory. But uh, but yeah, look, I wouldn't write Edge Hill. And obviously as, and also as well, Edge Hill. Uh, there are there are players that have got vast experience as well uh, playing uh, in this competition. We're talking about you know the the experience of you know, potential power in this competition. You look at uh, a player coach Chris O'Hare. 
Uh, this is, I, I believe, might be his sixth or seventh appearance potentially in the round of the two. He was, he was part of those famed Cairns FC and far north Queensland Heat teams, you know, in the early, in the early days of the Cup. So certainly they've got players, and he's not the only one, by the way, that, uh, that certainly uh, know what is expected at that level. So, look, I, as I said, Gold Coast Knights, I think, you know, are deservingly start favourites. They are. They are unbeaten in 19 matches. It could be it could be 20 by the time this game rolls around. So um, yeah, but uh, look, if they go to Cairns and think this is a this is a a, a holiday, yeah, that, that, it could end in disaster. I think Scott McDonald will be best advised, and I know he will. You know, say that there needs to be a job to be done up in Cairns. Obviously, he'll certainly be going with that. Sorry about that. But now, before we wrap this up, Adam, I've got one quick trivia question for you. There are only five survivors from the Gold Coast Knights side who played that game against Edge Hill. How many of them can you think of? Uh, I I can, oh, I can, off the top of my head straight away, uh, I can think of three, is in uh, Josh Langdon, Jaden Walker, Max Brown. Yep. Uh, I, I, sorry, Austin Ludwig will also be there. That's four. And There's the other ones more obscure. Probably some, sub. I'm going to say someone like Luke Beckwith. You've read my notes perfectly. <laughs> it was Max Brown, Jay Walker, Austin Lubick, Josh yeah. Langdon, and aren't you sub? Luke Beckwith are the only players yeah. from that Gold Coast Knight side. They've only got a fair transformation since this game was played. And I will say Jesse Casson, who scored scored four goals for yeah. for um, Edge Hill against Across the Waves last week. He was playing in that game, as well as, well as Chris O'Hare, who has been to the Australia Cup on six separate occasions, five with Kansas City, such final to Queensland, and once with Edge Hill. So he's will be the most experienced player out there on the field, but it'll be a fascinating contest next weekend. It will be. I'd actually, I'd actually venture to say that uh, Chris O'Hare is probably the most experienced in all of Queensland as far as... Uh, as far as Australia Cup, it might be it might be one or two. Uh, Michael McGowan comes to mind very quickly. Perhaps might challenge. We'll have to maybe check our notes for for the next yeah. time we do this show. But uh, yeah, certainly he is up there. And uh, and yeah, look, uh, it is this. But I think for the Queensland section, all one game to go. I, I think it's been some amazing games amongst uh, amongst uh, the the qualifying from round two right through to now. So uh, and it's going to get even more exciting next year because uh, with the introduction of the Queensland Cup concept as well as that whoever's left standing in the last four, it's not only qualification to Australia Cup, but there is a trophy, a local trophy on the end of it. So I think it'll be even, they'll even be more in line next year. So uh, look, it's, I think it's a, it's a competition that obviously that fascinates us all, you know, you know, and because it, it is the embodiment of, you know, the, yeah, the magic of the cup. And uh, look, this, this year has been no exception. Absolutely. A much, a much welcomed addition to the, the football Queensland calendar next year. Now, in in 15 seconds or less, Adam, don't talk about the game tonight between Olympic and Sunshine Coast because by the time people listen to this, that game will probably be played. Apart from that, what's one thing you're looking for over the course of this whole weekend? Uh, I think, it, I think uh, well, selfishly, 15 seconds almost up, thinking about this, but... Uh, Starting look, now. I've, I think um, Morton Bay United versus Gold Coast Knights. Top, it's, uh, it's a top four clash tomorrow night at Walter Park. Uh, if there have been enough of a statement yet, uh, Morton Bay have the opportunity to make a really big statement if they can if they can hand our uh, Gold Coast Knights just their second loss of the season and uh, and also as well. And they have got a decent record against Gold Coast Knights at um, at Walter Park. Maybe not as great great record against United. 
but yeah, but then again, for for Knights, they could really sort of move on and really sort of go go on with it. Yeah, you know, if they can if they can beat one of their um, top four rivals. And they got it. Uh, it's funny. Gold Coast Knights actually have won the last two at Walter Park, so that's an interesting one. See how it happens there. To me, to me, it's the classico. To me, they've played a lot of big games these two sides. Brisbane City and Lions. I see, they've played two round seven cup ties in the last couple of years. Obviously, historically, a lot of big matches in the past. But in terms of recent league history, this one probably is the biggest of the lot. With a with a with both sides pushing for a top four spot, a win for either side could be crucial in the race for the finals. And also as well, if it's as half as exciting as their first meeting at Luxury Paint Stadium, I think we'll be very, very satisfied uh, you know, with our Saturday evening viewing. Absolutely. So that'll do it for this, this special Friday edition of the Brisbane Football League. We're off to go cover some MPL football. Adam, thanks for joining me. Yep. Thank you and good night to most. I'll see you at Goodwin Park. I'll see you shortly. Thank you once again for James for joining us. We'll talk to you all again on Sunday after this weekend's rounds in the MPL men's and women's. And FQB, we'll talk to you all then.